explain to you how much money has been spent. In the past six months, the Congress has spent the American taxpayers' dollars to the amount of nearly $54 billion. That is more than we have spent on roads and bridges in the United States. That is more money than is spent on foreign aid uh, in total. Uh, most years. That's more money spent on foreign aid total for most years. And it's over two-thirds the State Department's budget. That is how much money they're sending to Ukraine. And I emphatically vote, uh, said everyone should vote no. I voted no, and I fought hard telling people to vote no. And here's the reason why. We're a failing country, Dinesh. Our border is overrun every single day with an average of 7,000 illegals coming across. And we have a baby formula crisis happening right now where mothers are crying in grocery stores and they're desperately searching for baby formula. But yet Congress is so disconnected that they want to send $40 billion to some other country? I don't think so. This proposal towers over domestic priorities as well. The massive package of $60 billion to Ukraine dwarfs the $6 million spent on cancer research annually. $60 billion is more than the amount the government collects in gas taxes each year to build roads and bridges. The $60 billion to Ukraine funds substantial portions or entire large cabinet departments. The $60 billion nearly equals the entire State Department budget. The $60 billion exceeds the budget for the Department of Homeland Security and for the Department of Energy. And Congress just wants to keep on spending and spending. So we have uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene on the Dinesh D'Souza podcast and Rand Paul in the halls of Congress speaking out against the waste of your taxpayer money to Ukraine. For what, we don't know. They won't say. And this is how Rand Paul was able to... Uh, block temporarily block the bill now don't get me wrong if everything is on the up and up then we should help our allies in ukraine defend themselves against this tyrannical dictator but i think we both know that things aren't all on the up and up from the washington examiner Rand Paul blocks bipartisan push to pass Ukraine aid. Senator Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky, managed to delay legislation to provide nearly $40 billion in humanitarian and military aid to Ukraine on Thursday, despite bipartisan efforts to move swiftly on the bill. Why, why, why do we got to move swiftly, swiftly? Oh, they need it now. They need it now. Well, we, as Rand Paul said uh, previously... This is the second major aid package to Ukraine in, in two months. Like what, what happened to the last money that we sent them or the money that we sent them before or the $6 billion we send them on a yearly basis? Why is it having so little effect that we have to just ram through all of these spending proposals? Think about it, Speaker. The gentleman from Maryland talked about protecting this institution or talked about this institution, but we got a $40 billion bill at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't had a chance to review the bill. My staff is pouring over the pages trying to see what's in it. 
You want to talk about the institution? You want to talk about standing up alongside Ukraine? Why don't we actually have a debate on the floor of the People's House instead of the garbage of getting a $40 billion bill at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Not paid for, without having any idea what's really in it, with a massive slush fund that goes to the State Department, $13 billion, $8 billion for the Economic Support Fund, $110 million for embassy security. We've got $40 billion that is unpaid for, and you want to sit here and lecture this body about what we're going to do or not do about standing alongside Ukraine? Why don't we talk about the American people who are hurting, the wide open borders, the inflation that's killing people, the jobs that people can't get because of the cost of goods and services in this country? Sitting here and being lectured to when I don't even have time to look at a $40 billion unpaid bill. I make a motion to adjourn. So he's upset. Representative Chip Roy. He's fiery. I love his stuff. This should tell you it's a problem. We've got legitimate lawmakers throwing absolute tantrums in the halls of Congress. Regardless of what you think about Marjorie Taylor Greene or Rand Paul or or Chip Roy, you ought to be concerned. Speaking of concern, why are our elected representatives so concerned with literally firing our taxes out of a cannon at Ukraine? We have plenty of problems in this country that $40 billion could address and help solve. The price of oil is outrageous. There's a baby formula shortage. There's food shortages. There's a diesel shortage. Oh, yes. And things are only going to get worse. But our elected representatives that we pay and fund with our hard-earned tax dollars are more concerned with laundering those tax dollars back to their own charity organizations and NGOs to enrich themselves at our expense. More from the Washington Examiner article, Paul objected to the deal struck between Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, and Senate Minority Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican from Kentucky, calling for the measure to be amended to include language to create a special inspector general to oversee how the additional aid is spent. The amendment is unlikely to pass the upper chamber. So since one of our few brave America First representatives has said, wait a minute, let's have a little bit of oversight on this huge, unprecedented amount of money that we're sending overseas. It can't be done. Paul took to the Senate floor to argue that his oath of office is the U.S. Constitution not to any foreign nation, and no matter how sympathetic the cause, my oath of office is to the national security of the United States of America. He also raised concerns about the U.S. economy. Top lawmakers in both parties were looking to avoid changes to the bill, which passed the House in a 368-57 to vote on Tuesday evening. So only 57 members of Congress voted against this wasteful spending. The vast majority of senators on both sides of the aisle want it. There's now only one thing holding us back. The junior senator from Kentucky is preventing swift passage of Ukraine aid because he wants to add at the last minute 
his own changes directly into the bill. His change is strongly opposed by many members of both parties. Oh, okay. So it's a it's it's extremely last minute and and it's unacceptably last minute when it's an amendment to provide a little bit of oversight and a little bit of accountability to the American taxpayers about how that money is being spent. But when you, uh, as Chip Roy argued, present the bill at three o'clock in the afternoon to try in an effort to try to ram it through, this is why they do these things because they don't want people reading. They don't want people asking questions. They want complete control, complete control. This is what is in store for us if we do not act. And Biden is right now in the process of seeding major political authority to the World Health Organization to establish policy as they see fit in our country and every country across the world. This is part of the globalization effort. We're going to hand control to the World Health Organization who spread Chinese Communist Party propaganda during the COVID pandemic. We're going to give them essentially unfettered authority over policy in the United States as it pertains to healthcare and public health concerns. So I've got a fun little blast from the past from the Daily Signal. The article itself is from February 1st of this year. Titled 10 COVID-19 Truths That Weren't True by Mary Margaret Olahan. Olahan. Who knows? Number one, 15 days to slow the spread. Ah, that's one of my favorites. Experts and health officials promised in March 2020 that we needed just 15 days to slow the spread. Almost two years later, we've seen almost 700 days of mandates, lockdowns, quarantines, shaming, hysteria, and travel restrictions with no stated end in sight. And we just heard, uh, not on this podcast, but we have heard Bill Gates uh, talking about needing, if we, if we just would have had 45 days of lockdown compliance, we would have done a lot better. So not 15, not 30, but 45. Well, I think we know what to expect on the next deadly pandemic as it pertains to Bill Gates' opinion. From the article number two, face masks. During the early days of the pandemic, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommended that Americans not wear face masks, and the U.S. Surgeon General urged us to stop buying face masks. Oh, yes, remember that? But in April 2020, the CDC said that all Americans should wear face coverings to avoid transmission of the virus, leading to culture wars over mask mandates across the country, heavy shaming of those who chose not to wear masks, and viral videos of often violent confrontations between America, they had this is where this is where the term Karen came from. Put your mask on. You don't care if I die. Number three, vaccine mandates. In December 2020, President-elect Joe Biden ugh, <laughs> promised that he would not force Americans to be vaccinated. But this year, the Biden administration did exactly what Biden said they wouldn't do and mandated that healthcare workers and workers at U.S. companies with more than 100 employees get vaccinated. The Supreme Court blocked the Biden administration from enforcing the mandate on businesses and organizations, but healthcare workers who chose not to get vaccinated still lost their jobs. And 
there are plenty of websites and Twitter accounts, etc., that expose all of the injuries. This is another reason that Pfizer, in collusion with the FDA, wanted to hide releasing the documents regarding their vaccine safety from the public for 75 years. Number four, the lab leak theory. Remember when we were all told that the coronavirus originated in a Chinese wet market? Senator Tom Cotton, Republican from Arkansas, was lambasted by the media for suggesting the coronavirus actually originated in an infectious disease lab rather than an animal market, as the Chinese government claimed. Snopes called Cotton's claims speculative. The BBC called them unfounded, and the Washington Post went so far as to say that the lab leak theory was debunked. After New York Magazine published an expose highlighting the legitimacy of the theory, many of those media outlets published stories confirming the legitimacy of the lab leak theory. Now we know that scientists consulting with the U.S. government early in the pandemic believed that the coronavirus originated in a Wuhan lab. But Dr. Anthony Fauci and Dr. Francis Collins worked to shut that hypothesis down, as we know, because of various backdoor avenues of money and royalties that have all been exposed and coming out. What makes me the most upset about this theory, well, that isn't a theory anymore, is that it insinuates that what the virus was and what it was capable of was known from the very beginning. And it's effectively known now that this was the case. They knew what the virus was. They knew how deadly it was. They knew what it was capable of, but they lied and dissembled in order to seize more control and power over the people. And nothing is being done. They used it to defraud the election. They used it to break election laws. They used it to seize power. They used it to take your freedoms away. And now no one wants to talk about any of these things. Now we're, we've, we've moved on now. Let's talk about Ukraine. Let's talk about food shortages. Let's talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter. I'll be back. Goodbye.